even sometimes when we do get together with people, we're wearing masks and you can't see if you're smiling or... I always say whenever I go out and I see somebody, I point with both fingers to my face as I'm six feet away and say, there's a smile under here. (laughs) We really uh, are feeling, I think, as a world that we're disconnected. So it's just going to be so valuable if we can make an effort to strengthen our relationships that it lowers our blood pressure. It makes us happier. It does so many, there's so many beneficial points to feeling connected. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. How are you today? Oh, Maria, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be with you today because we are going to be talking about deepening our relationships. And who couldn't use some of that? The tools we're going to be chatting about are great if you're already in a good relationship or maybe you're struggling with one. And of course, we know we all have this extra challenge of communicating in this pandemic. I think we could use some tips on strengthening relationships, be they love relationships or friendship relationships or business relationships. I know that you and I, as um, co-host here, we have to be aware of how important it is that we communicate effectively because we the other day we had a little incident come up where we went straight from kind of a loving family friends conversation and then we had a business meeting with some people and we didn't really change gears from being friends to being business partners and and we we had some good open communication about that and I I think it really helped us so yeah so this is going to be fun and exciting today would you mind sharing with our listeners uh why this is important to discuss well it's important because everybody wants a good relationship. I think that's the number one desire for people to be in a good relationship. So, and when people are experiencing conflict, you know, they're suffering from a loss of connection, whether it's with the most important person in their life or somebody else. And all loss of connectionship and relationships stems from poor communication. So improving your communication and your relationships can help you in so many ways, it's sort of obvious and trite, but just let's list them. You can avoid negative misunderstandings. You can determine what your partner is really saying. You can avoid some arguments. You can be and be willing to give each other space instead of pressuring yourselves and each other to resolve right away. You can increase trust. And of course, having good communication builds closeness and intimacy. Doesn't that sound like something you'd like? Yes, and they say right now again where where we're isolated. Um, even sometimes when we do get together with people, we're wearing masks, and you can't see if right. you're smiling. Or right. I always say whenever I go out and I see somebody, and it's not too often, but occasionally I go down and you know I pick up my groceries. You know I order right. them, they put them in the trunk, and I point with both fingers to my face as I'm six 
feet away and say, there's a smile under here. <laughs> yeah. We really uh, are feeling, I think, as a world that we're disconnected. So yeah. it's just going to be so valuable if we can make an effort to strengthen our relationships that it lowers our blood pressure. It makes us happier. It does so many. There's so many beneficial points to feeling connected. The two types of communication we're going to we're going to talk about right up front here are basically closed heart communication which sounds pretty obviously like the negative one and then the opposite of that which is appreciative communication so um let me start off by talking about closed communication i have a little experience in failed relationships with my <laughs> with my divorces and if i i i know you know, I was young, very young when I first got married. And if I had known the four horsemen of poisoning a relationship, I think it would have been helpful. Not sure that it would have saved that marriage, my first one, but the four horsemen are criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Yeah, those those four horsemen come from John Gottman, who knows more about marriage than anybody else. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're so good. You know, obviously criticism is when, you know, the other person just, they criticize you, they attack you. Yes. Yes. And you are going to most likely feel attacked and you're going to respond defensively, which is the second one, right? which is defensiveness. Right. The person responding back is, may play the victim, but defensiveness is the second one. So we, if we can try not to criticize, not be defensive and then contempt is one that I think kind of stands out of these four. It's kind of, you have to be a little more active with this one, um, mm -hmm. where you truly put yourself on a superior, uh, a superior high ground from someone. So you, you really are kind of disgusted by that other person. Maybe someone's not doing what you want them to do, or they're doing something that's bad for them, and you truly become disgusted and you're on a higher ground than them, which is contempt without trying to understand right. maybe what's going on. And then the last one is stonewalling, um, which is basically what it says when one person withdraws from the conversation, either physically or energetically. And I'm going to add on here, or maybe through electronic communication. I <laughs> have a little story that that I I feel like is a stonewalling. Um, I have a friendship that I've had for 35 years. This person really, you know, has meant a great deal to me over all these decades. We grew up together. Um, we've stayed rather close, especially in the last several years. And recently, we just had a real falling out. And it was over a political difference. And I have a rule that I do not talk politics. I won't talk politics. I just, I don't think it's my place to, to do that. And this person just kept pressing me, pressing me, you, you know, you've got to talk about this. It's important. We, we've got to discuss it. If we have this difference, I really need to, you know, talk about it. And maybe I'm the one stonewalling her, but I just will not talk about politics. I said, but let's talk about the 99% of other things that we have in common. And she just said, no, 
if uh, I just I just can't talk with you right now about this. So we're at a stone wall and it's been it's very sad. But Maria, Miss Counselor, what would you do in that situation? Yeah, that's that's hard. And I think something that we can all really relate to right now when political differences are they're just really high and it's hard and it's you know politics is always divisive but particularly right now and i think this is flan uh, the the fan the flames are fanned by social media and and um and media um it's really hard i mean this we have something like this going on in my own family with my siblings you know on facebook and so what i would what i would say as a counselor is technology is not a great way to communicate i mean we have right now we have to you know sort of we have social distancing but if you can pick up the phone what i guess what i'm saying is emails and messages on you know facebook that's if you really want to connect with somebody you need to you need to see them or pick up the phone or have a zoom call it's very very difficult to be angry or rude to somebody it was i guess i should say it's much easier to be angry or rude to somebody um you know over an email than it is um you know face to face so you know and and i think you have to want the relationship enough to fight for it um and say you know that, that you know that's my counseling and you know but when i read these four horsemen they always gosh they grab me and i always feel a little sick because i recognize myself i mean i've been married for 35 years and kelly as you know we've had our ups and downs um and a lot of the downs have been my fault because i'm highly critical and i am highly contemptuous and it's disgusting i mean you know when i look at this it's like how could how could you be that way but basically contempt, contempt is thinking that you know better and I'm always telling my husband how, you know, I know the better way to do this and the better way to that. And it's a terrible, terrible thing to live in. And and he, you know, of, we don't stonewall. We fight it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, and uh, you're he face can be, to face. <laughs> yeah, and we're face to face. So that's that's what makes, you know, it, it easier. But so so I, I guess we're talking about two things here. In relationships, you know, you and I have had this conversation. I hate getting news in an email that might upset me. I would rather hear it, you know, from, you know, by voice. So, Maria, Maria, know. I got I got I got to stop you there because that is probably in our 35-year friendship the you're you're making great points. So I want a huge takeaway to be talk to people in person because if the, you can. Mm -hmm. the worst that you and I ever felt towards one another was when I sent you an email and I thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be, I'm going to explain everything in this email. And it was a nice long email and I spent hours writing it and I had my husband oh, read no. it. And he's like, yeah, that's good. That's good. And it just <laughs> devastated you. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, that's, I, 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 I think it's important to talk to somebody because then there's a give and take. An email is a one way communication, you know, and you can interrupt somebody and say, whoa, 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 you know, right, you right. You can't interrupt an email. So yeah. Have you forgiven me? is terrible. Oh, Kelly, I, I yes, of course I have. I mean, <laughs> I'm and so I, sorry as you that know, I hurt you. No, but as you know, I've, I've now done I other know, things. baby, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
it's just, I just, and I felt so terribly that I hurt you. Like then I was just gutted because I thought, oh, my beautiful Maria, because I love her you're so much. Really sensitive and kind, and you're not critical, and you are not contemptuous. You're well, not. neither. I mean, the letter wasn't that. It was just a pouring out of, okay, this is what I think about this. Right. And right. about, it wasn't I think, personal for you, but I took it personally. Yeah. I guess and, I got and defensive. It, and it was I? on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> remember it was on Mother's Day? Yeah, I do. I remember. Or Thanksgiving <laughs> okay. or something. That, that was just a little bit insensitive. Okay. Anyway, back to the good anyway, stuff. So those four things are really, for me, I really, my my if I die without having conquered my, my tendency to be critical, and Kelly, you've experienced this from me too. And my tendency to be defense, obviously I was defensive about that email. So I've been there and my tendency to be contemptuous. If I die and I don't fix these things, I'm going to be really upset. Maria, I think you, I think you're, you're being very hard on yourself. You, you can be at times, but I don't think, I don't think you're always by any means. I think, I think these things happen too, when you aren't intentional and you aren't cognizant and it happens when, you're low on sleep or you're yeah, hungry or you're right. hangry or, you know, so you are not any of those things generally when you're being your best self. But I think mm. just knowing now maybe, hey, okay, these are things that I need to be aware of, but I, I don't agree with you. I don't, I don't think you're, I think well, when I we're know, in a bad place. One thing I don't do is stonewall, man. I'm going to have it out. <laughs> yeah. You are not a stonewaller. <laughs> oh, that's great. Neither well, are you, Kelly. <laughs> um, no, I'm, maybe that's I'm why we a, get along. Yeah, I'm we, not we, a stone we, talk, we talk it out. We in talk fact, it out. I'll, I'll tell you another little, a funny little story. Um, it's it's actually why I was a little late getting to our recording today because I'm leading another group, which you know about that right. I lead, and it's a it's a weekly meeting, and there are eleven of us, and I have been elected the leader, so. We meet every week on Zoom, and I'm going to keep this all anonymous, but it's um, we're all women, and we all have some common goals, and we're working towards things, and it's it's a great, a great meeting, but one of our members is not uh, pulling her weight, so to speak, and she's doing some things that have irritated everyone else in the group. Oh, my and and one of the main things that she's doing is she's not attending. So she's not coming okay. to our weekly meetings. And okay. we've reached out to her. Every single one of us has reached out by email, by text, by phone. I've called. You know, we've all reached out to her and she's stonewalling us. So she's not responding. And so... Is that because she is... Do you think that's because she's been offended? No, not yet. No, we okay. we we don't know what's going on and we're worried about her, but, but I wrote a letter. I said, okay, I'll take a stab at a letter, but I'm not going to send this letter from the group until we all agree on it. So every, I wrote the letter yesterday, sent it out to the entire group. And it's so amazing the different levels of um, comfort with being diving right into communication. Right. Confrontational. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's just everyone has kind of, or not every, I think there are several different types, types of communication style. And we finally, this afternoon, got one letter that everybody agrees on. So that's mm-hmm. why I was late. 
Mm, that's interesting. It's true. And I mean, I think when we move on to the antidote to closed heart communication, we'll talk about, you know, when, you know, the ways that you can communicate that are better, but everybody does have their own style. And a lot of people, you and I are very direct and that's what, one of the reasons why we get along, but a lot of people are very indirect and listening to them and trying to understand them is for me, a much greater challenge, but I'm learning and there's some really good techniques for drawing those kind of people out. So what I hear you saying is when you wrote the letter, it was sort of direct. And what the rest of the group did is said, no, I'm not quite comfortable with that level of directness. Is that, is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it got little, it got softened by. It got softened, which I'm glad it did because I certainly don't want to offend this person. I adore her. And, you know, I, I just, but but eventually it got softened. Not a whole lot. Everybody. And there were several of the 10 people that wrote, wow, I wish I could be this direct. You nailed it. I I'm glad you said this, but I couldn't have said this. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why we that's why we had you do it, Kelly, because we <laughs> knew you could be direct. So to get back to my earlier point, why isn't somebody picking up the phone and calling her? I have. I have. Oh, oh she won't yeah. answer. She doesn't answer. She doesn't answer texts or phone calls or emails. Okay. So okay. Okay. That, is that stonewalling? <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd call that stonewalling. Yeah. 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 That's interesting because stonewalling is a comfortable place for people who have, are very uncomfortable with uh, conflict. So, yeah. you know, that's, you know, Jim and, and interesting and earlier in my marriage with Jim, he, I would say he was less comfortable with conflict than I was. I grew up in a family where we were yelling at each other all the time. I mean, literally throwing things, which is very open and conflict oriented. And Jim saw that in our relationship, especially early in our relationship, as just me like ratcheting up and, you know, yelling and, um, you know, and he would just shut down because it was way too much for him. And we went through this very difficult part in our marriage. And one of the things that he, that we kind of came together on is he had to be sort of louder in his expression because if he didn't tell me I hate what you're doing that I didn't hear it <laughs> and if if I it, and and I had to tone down my you know kind of immediately going from zero to you know a hundred miles an hour I had to just start toning it down so we sort of met in the middle he he's become much more direct in his communication with me and I've softened mine a little bit and that's helped us a lot. So yeah, just the, yeah, people's comfort. And it kind of depends on your family of origin. Although it seems like you had a sort of open communication in your family, didn't you? But Jim was always the introvert. This, the famous okay. story you've heard many times we would be, he's the youngest of four kids. And so right. we'd have raucous conversations at dinner and little Jim, I don't know when he started this, maybe he was, just starting school, maybe a first grader, and was had learned to raise his hand if he wanted to be called on in class. And we were all having dinner, six of us just chatting away. And mom looked over and there's Jim <laughs> with his hand raised because if he had not raised his hand, he wouldn't have been called on to, to speak. But he wanted to speak. But it was just, you know, it was just sweet. And I think he's... um I think he never tried raising his hand with me. I would have definitely called him. that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So, so okay, Maria, well, let's, yeah. What are, what are some types of questions that we can draw out people who are stonewalling or contemptuous or uh, critical? What, what can we? Well, so one of the things I think that's really important is that we have to understand, seek to understand, as the Bible says, we have to really try to 
put aside our judgments, what our thoughts are. I mean, this is very difficult when you're in the heat of a disagreement, but for a moment, you have to stop thinking about your thoughts and try to, They in our coaching course, they call it put yourself on the other person's map, you know, sort of try to really, really understand them. And so that there's lots of elements to that. One is just listening to their words. And you taught me the the technique of basically reflecting or repeating back and having them acknowledge, yes, that is what I said. Um, so that's, you know, one thing. But then, you know, once once it's clear that you're hearing their words, then you can ask some really good questions that will help them to feel further understood. And, you know, and there are basically four questions and depends on the situation, what, when, how, and who. And and we that's called, again, we, we learned this, Kelly and I are both uh, life coaches, and we learned this, you know, this particular technique in our coaching class, um, that's called appreciative communications. And, and, and so basically, so if say your partner were to say, um, it's uncomfortable. And, and so you don't know what it is. So one thing you could ask is say, you could say, you know, what specifically is uncomfortable, you know, or how do you, you know, how does it feel to you to be uncomfortable? And, you know, um, that's a what, so that's a what question. When is, you know, you can say, you know, like this would happen in a conversation that I would have with my husband. I, I, I feel unappreciated and I, I might say, and you're not supposed to use these words always and never. I always feel like I'm doing all the work and he might clarify by that, by saying, you're saying that you feel like you do all the work. Can you specifically give me an example of when you feel you're doing all the work? And that, you know, that's a great question because it's not, it's not always, it's not ever in this circumstance. I feel like I've worked really hard today and I'm tired and, you know, I really need your help or whatever. So the question is when specifically did you, are you experiencing that? And then, you know, how, like somebody could say, you know, um, he rejected me. And, and then the partner could say, well, how specifically did he reject you? So you're just gathering information and it's helping you to be compassionate and understanding uh, who, you know, I'm bad at this, you know, I'll never get what I want. And then, and, and the partner might say, according to who, whom, you know, what, you know, who made, you know, what standards are you holding yourself up against? So these questions allow you to to practice listening and really draw the person that you're in, you know, a relationship with out. Yes. And Maria, you've referenced uh, the reason that I am still married to Mark after, you know, we're going on 16 years, which I just cannot believe, but it's Mark and I are both very direct, very confident. You know, we, we, can really butt heads. And we did a lot in the beginning of our relationship. And we read this book called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. And it is, I think we've, we might've referenced this, referenced this book in another show, but it's, you know, we, you cannot get enough of this technique. It's simply, if those questions are too specific, like, well, I don't want to drill down on that then the one question that you do in this therapy with uh, getting the love you want is you listen. You really have to listen to what the person that you're trying to understand is saying. And it's it's so hard because if you're fighting with someone, 
You're busy la- you're, talking you're, about thinking about your response. You're composing your response. So right. in this technique, you ask, okay, what's bothering you? And then they maybe give you a two-minute diatribe, as I call it, <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, of what's bothering them. But you, and have, you have to, and re- you have to be quiet all the way through. We have to be quiet all the way through, but you have to repeat it back. So mm-hmm. you have to repeat that back to them, and because mm-hmm. it shows that you are listening. And then this is the hardest part, where you're now you're ready to say, "But you did this and this." You have to say, "Is there more?" And there's oh, always yeah. more. There's always more. <laughs> and then they they bring it again, and then you have to say, "Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is." xyz and then you have to say it again is there more and you keep repeating that pattern until there's no more and i've been on the receiving side of that where mark's like okay this is what i hear you saying is there more and then blah blah, 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 i blast him and then okay this is what i hear you saying is there more and then i blast him and then by the end of like three or four rounds he says is there more i'm like No, there's no more. And you would not believe the feeling of relief and connectedness and appreciation and gratitude that you feel towards this person who has heard you. And and nine times out of 10, then he'll say, gosh, you know, I get it. I really see where you're coming from and and vice versa. I've done it with him where I didn't see where he was coming from, but after is there more, is there more, is there more, I understood where he was coming from. So... I just, if you really want to have deep relationships, I think that book is a great one. You know, I used that technique very recently with uh, Jim, and it was so wonderful. We were literally fighting about the bathroom. We have moved from a place where we had two sinks and lots of toilets to a place that has one sink and one toilet. And and I'm, you know, growing up in a family with lots of kids, I just, I don't have any privacy issues period. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to share the bathroom with him. He, he really likes to have, you know, the space and the time and the, and the privacy to use the bathroom. But we were one morning, we were both kind of getting together, you know, ready together. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being a very, um, uncomfortable, uh, and, and sort of annoying, annoying time with, with each other. And so later on, we used the getting what you want technique and because he was really mad at me and I was really mad at him. And so he started and he, you know, he went on and on and I kept repeating back and repeating back and repeating it back. <laughs> and finally, it seemed like it took an hour, but it was probably only 15 minutes. I said, you know, is there anything else? And he said, no, I think you've got it now. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and I did. I, I like during that time, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I was reminded he is not me. He, you know, he... And then I was able to say how I didn't feel respected and blah, blah, and he did the same thing. And and it was a very, it's it takes some discipline, a lot of discipline on the listener's part, but it's so worth it. And it's such an easy technique to use. And then in the end, you, you know, you empathize and empathy is just saying something like, oh, well, that makes sense. Or I can see how you would feel that way. Anyone would feel that way. Or lots of people might feel that way. You know, or I'm sorry that that you felt that way or that happened to you. So it's a beautiful, beautiful technique for improving relationships. Do you think it could work with any relationship? I think it could work with any, any disagreement in any relationship. I think in a business relationship, I think with friends, we, we all just want to be heard. You know, we, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. And when you are 
asking someone, is there more than they're seeing you, they're hearing you? I think that's absolutely so valuable. And you may not get to the real, to get to the important layer or the layer that that person even knows that's bothering them until you do two or three, is there more? That's right. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really good. That's probably... and and Maria for those listeners that either forgot or didn't know that your husband is my little brother. That uh, <laughs> we we Parkers value our privacy in the bathroom. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, we're we're hopefully going to build a new house that has two sinks and separate toilets so we'll be in we'll be in good shape but we won't for me it was for him it was a matter of privacy it's interesting like when you get down to it for him it was a matter of privacy and for me it was a matter of respect like I wanted him to respect my time you know like you know he was off to work and I was off to work too but my perception was that he didn't value that I had to leave on a deadline as well, and that my work was as important, ah. you know. So it was, but once, you know, I talked for a while and he he reflected, it was great. So, but you have to be willing. And I think this is, you know, for us, this is kind of easy because as we both said, we're very direct. You know, it's, it's, I've spent a lifetime, you know, being direct. In fact, my roommates in college used to, my nickname was Frank. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh no! You have a new, you have a new granddaughter named Frankie, right? That's right. That's right. But but um, and in fact, my my daughter in law said something so sweet to me. She said, "You know, in our family, we were never we never spoke of things so openly as as you do in your family, and it's really helped me because I can get stuff out there." So I would think, you know, that's easy for you and I, but I think that's a real challenge for somebody who doesn't like conflict. And doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's it's so worth it to to get it out there because you just feel so connected with the person that you may have been previously disagreeing with. Yeah. So anything else, Maria, on the um, open heart before we move on to something that will really help with romance, whether we're in a business? I, I, I'm really excited to talk about my new understanding of romantic relationships. Okay. Yeah. No, I think we've... I think we've hit, we've hit the, you know, basically it's, there's other names for this nonviolent communication. Um, There's lots of, you know, just look up, you know, open communication or nonviolent communication. And remember, communication is key to, I guess it would be my last point on this. There's lots of other ways to improve your relationship, but communication is so key. We as humans need to communicate with one another. Yes. And sometimes it's just so hard to bring that up, but once you do, it's worth it. So- I, you know, we, we talk a lot about, uh, these days we talk a lot about the, the spectrum of love and sexuality and how it, you know, it goes from like one to 20 and you might be a one and somebody else might be a 20. But one of the things that, that we wanted to address today was, um, romantic relationships that can be enhanced by communication and, one of our common friends that we talked about said, hey, they realized that they were bi-romantic. And when I read, okay, <laughs> what is bi-romantic? Yes, and I agree that I am totally bi-romantic because when you look up the definition of romance, it is a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love and it's a quality or a feeling of mystery and excitement. And so I can have total romance for 
my friends, for my business. So I just feel like that when you have that excitement and that mystery to your friendship, it does not mean that it's sexual. It does not mean that you're, you know, you're having other, you know, thoughts. It's just that you can add romance to any part of your life. You can add romance to your business. You can add romance to your friendships. And I think that's something, Maria, you're shaking I your head. I love that idea. I love that idea. Are you shaking I your do. head? You don't like the idea? No, I love that idea. I was shaking my head because my husband, who desperately needs privacy in the bathroom, does not honor my privacy when I'm recording. <laughs> I hear, I saw you shaking your head. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going down the in, wrong path? He here? walked in. No, he walked That's in. That's hilarious. And, left, and he and he left the door open so okay. that now. Okay. <laughs> All right. We may we may have to cut that out, or we may leave it in there just to be. We said we said at the top of the show we were going to be authentic. So, but I saw you waving your arms, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Go. am I not allowed to talk about this? No, I love this concept of of bi romantic, and you know, I think it's really really true. Yeah, I, I can be totally in love with my girlfriends and still, you know, not want to schmooch them or something. Right, you right. Know, I just so um, so. Let's talk about the five love languages, Maria. Okay. I, I this is one of my favorite, most exciting topics of relationships, and I think it's the fun side, it's the right. creative right. side, and you can have it with friends, with business, with lovers. So yes, it works. The works five with all love your rela- languages, all your relationships. That's yeah. true. All your relationships, the five love languages come from the book by Gary Chapman. And let's start off. What is your favorite love language, Maria? Oh, it it, it just kills Jim because I'm an acts of service girl. I love when he brings me a cup of coffee or he does something. Today he's been doing all kinds of great little jobs and chores. Um, and the, and I'm my heart is just full of love. So acts of service is my number one love language. What about you? Well, Maria, that's why we have such a romantic love, <laughs> excitement, the feeling of excitement and mystery and associated with loving you as my number one love language is service as right. well. And just like your husband, my husband hates that it's service. <laughs> it's like, that's because so hard. You have to do so much stuff. It's, yeah. He's like, why can't it be a physical touch right, or, right. you know, but yeah, so, so the five love languages are just so we know. And then we can break them down a little bit. Maybe we can alternate them. So acts of service is one of the love languages. Um, Gifts. Gifts can be small or uh, insignificant, or they can be large gifts. Quality time. Hmm. Um, Which one am I missing? Words of Uh, affirmation. Oh, words of affirmation. That's a huge one for, for my household. And then the final one is physical touch, right. not necessarily being sex. Right. So, Maria, do you know how people determine what someone's love language is? Yeah. So when you are trying to love someone and you just want to spend time with them, that means that your love language is quality time. <laughs> if you tend to bring that person that you want to show that you love them small gifts, then your love, your number one love language is 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 gifts you know as giving as gifts giving gifts um physical touch is obvious you know jim loves physical touch and that's one of his number one and words of affirmation words of affirmation is probably number one gary chapman says you have a, a primary one and a secondary one um so for jim words of affirmation he, he really appreciates being affirmed and i can be so chiseling and cheap about it i i, I have something again i need 
I need to continue to work on my whole life. But so words of affirmation and then physical touch, whereas mine are um, acts of service and quality time. <laughs> Both of those he thinks are just too hard. <laughs> they, they they do require a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think when I look back on failed relationships, having known what the love languages are and, and how they work, I, I think of the relationship I had right actually right before Mark. And it was definitely I was failing on love languages. I thought by doing a lot of service and doing a lot of words of affirmation that that was because those are my two words of affirmation is your second one. Uh huh. My second mm-hmm. one is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So service and words of affirmation, those are my two in that order. Mm-hmm. And often, so I, I wasn't, I was doing those for my ex-husband, but I was not doing his two, which were quality time and physical touch. Mm-hmm. I think if you know those, the other way too is, how you were shown love. Yes. So when you were growing up, I'm surprised that Jim's uh, doesn't have a service component in there because our mother would just do everything for us, fold our laundry, make our meals. Mm -hmm. But she was also the biggest verbal affirmer you could ever run into. Yeah, she was, even to me. Yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah. And Jim really appreciates when I affirm him. It's interesting. I was just thinking about this with my granddaughter the other day. She constantly is giving me little gifts. So I'm I'm certain, you know, she brings me flowers or, you know, just little little things. I'm certain that, 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 you know, one of her love languages will be, will be gifts. And it's, it's interesting to me because I don't think that's necessarily going on in that family. But maybe it is. I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, but this, it's a it's a really fun way. And, and, and Gary Chapman refers to your love tank. And it's a great idea. Uh, basically, you have this concept that if you're if you're showing love to your partner, your friend in in a way that they can hear it, then it fills up their love tank. And then when things aren't going as well, you know, there's some margin there. But if you have, you know, week after week or month after month where you're not showing love in the way that you're friend or partner understands it, then, you know, then the love tank gets dry and it's very hard to endure the slings and arrows of, you know, the difficulties in relationships. Yeah. So Maria, let's wrap this up because we don't want to be going past 45 minutes here. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) we're just having fun. We're just having fun. But it's so important right now in this time that we connect with others and these we just hope these tips have been helpful yes but it's 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 important to connect to others for their well-being and of course for our own well-being yeah absolutely if you have a good relationship you know i'm still uh, soaking in a beautiful date that jim and i had a couple of days ago where we spent lots of quality time together so if you have that then you know you just you feel better, you know, you're connected. So it's worth the effort. And for me, the bit of self-control that it takes to, you know, to avoid the four horsemen. Yes. All right, Maria. Well, it's been a pleasure deepening our yeah, relationship. Kelly, let me just tell you how great you are as a sister-in-law oh, and, and, and my, as the podcast host. You're just doing a fabulous job. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you, Maria. And as uh, giving you love back, my service item to you is I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to 
do two of the items on the on the to-do list that you and I had. Okay. So <laughs> And if I was in person, I would fold your laundry for you. <laughs> I know you would. You'd bring me a little cup. I what you've done in the past, bring me a little mug of coffee and a little tiny piece of chocolate and made me feel so, oh, so yeah. loved. All right, sweetie. All I love right. you. I love you, sister. Right. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Dr. Brene Brown. I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.